You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now, a message from Cyberbit. Mastering cybersecurity is like mastering a sport. You build muscle memory through rigorous practice. Then you train as a team to foster cohesion while operating under pressure. Like athletes, cybersecurity professionals thrive on hands-on simulation. But traditional courses, certifications, and open-source labs won't build you a winning team. You need Cyberbit. Cyberbit offers a hyper-realistic simulation environment for your SOC, IR, and C-suite to refine your skills. All using the market-leading SIMs, EDRs, firewalls, and WAFs they use every day. Cyberbit is offering CyberWire listeners a free live fire exercise. Sign up your team now at cyberbit.com slash cyberwire. A malicious app will save your battery, but it will also install a backdoor, steal information, and click on a bunch of ads. A sophisticated and patient botnet is observed in the wild, but it's not yet clear what it's up to. Cryptojackers exploit a known Drupal vulnerability. Vectra finds tunnels. Google adds security metadata to Android apps. Cisco patches. The EU's proposed copyright regulations attract little love. Congress pursues ZTE and Huawei. And Tesla sues a former employee. From the CyberWire studios at Datatribe, I'm Dave Bittner with your CyberWire summary for Thursday, June 21st, 2018. There are several warnings today of new threats. RiskIQ this morning warned of information-stealing, ad-clicking malware that's being offered via warning pop-ups on Samsung Android devices. The malicious app represents itself as a battery saver, and indeed it does perform as advertised. Its unadvertised performance with clicks, theft, and a backdoor is what's objectionable here. The pop-up contains a link that takes the unwary to the more often than not safe Google Play. There, they are invited to install an app that will clean up your Samsung. It's possible, thinks RiskIQ, that the app was originally developed as a legitimate battery saver, with the ad-clicking and other undesirable stuff added later. As they say on their blog, quote, we aren't sure, but we're keeping an eye on this developer, at least. End quote. Another warning comes from Deep Instinct, which described MiloBot on its blog. MiloBot, which one of the researchers named in honor of a pet dog, is a new and sophisticated botnet currently active in the wild. It's not clear what MiloBot's controllers are after, and it's also unclear how the malware is delivered. But by all appearances, it's not in the least an amateur performance. Among MiloBot's features are methods of evading sandboxes and debuggers and of reflective execution of .exe files directly from memory. MiloBot is also patient, remaining quiescent for two weeks after installation before it calls its command and control servers. It also removes competing malware from the systems it infects. Researchers say it bears some similarity to Locky ransomware, but it isn't just a Locky variant. MiloBot can establish complete control over victim devices, delivering whatever payloads its unknown masters may wish to install. So, Milo, good dog, but bad bot. Bad. 
Cryptocurrency mining remains with us. Trend Micro has observed a series of attacks that exploit CVE 2018-7602, a vulnerability in the Drupal content management system. The attacks Trend Micro is seeing are installing bots whose purpose is to mine Monero cryptocurrency. Happily, this is one instance in which patching fixes the problem. An updated Drupal core closes out the vulnerability the criminal miners are exploiting. Vectra's long retrospective look at the Equifax breach has led it to conclude that attackers are interested in using hidden tunnels to get into otherwise well-protected networks. Financial services are particularly attractive targets. There appear to be more than twice as many hidden data exfiltration tunnels per 10,000 devices in financial services than all other industries combined. Google Play is adding security metadata to Android apps in the store, the better to secure offline distribution. Developer transparency has become increasingly important to the Android ecosystem. Knowing who made what and what their track record is can provide some useful indicators of trustworthiness. In other upgrade news, Cisco has patched two dozen issues with switches, next-generation firewalls, and security appliances. The company rates them either critical or at least high severity, and the patches deserve the quick attention of Cisco users. Researchers at McAfee recently published a report titled Winning the Game. One of the areas it explores is how gamification can lead to better security outcomes. Ned Miller is Chief of Technology Strategy for McAfee's U.S. Public Sector Business Unit. Gamification is an organization's ability to exercise their cybersecurity team to ensure how they would behave uh, if a real uh, situation occurred, right? So if a real attack occurred. So the gamification concept is often referred to in our industry as events like capture the flag or hackathon contests. And um, what we were surprised at in the report is that uh, a number of organizations don't exercise their teams on a fairly regular basis. They don't have a scheduled cadence. Um, The more successful organizations would typically run one or two exercises per year uh, in order to ensure that their teams react accordingly and they can put some metrics in place to measure their overall performance should an attack occur. Now, looking at the results of the report, what are some of the key takeaways for you? What are your recommendations for uh, things that folks can implement to do a better job? So um, there's a couple of things. One, in terms of automation, um, what we have found is the teams that are more sophisticated and have deployed uh, automated capabilities to take care of some of the manual uh, steps that are very time-consuming and contribute to Um, what we consider the dwell time from the time an attack is identified until it's actually resolved. The use of automation is um, something that all organizations have or should be adopting, and we would encourage that pace to to quicken as they go forward. Another area would be, as we mentioned, the, the notion of gamification is to exercise the teams at least once a year and go through Uh, kind of like a war game scenario to exercise the teams uh, in order to sharpen their skills, understand understand where the organizational weaknesses uh, are, and then reinforce uh, against those potential weaknesses that are identified. And then in terms of what we consider the soft skills or the job satisfaction area is continuously explore the roles of the individuals and what their actual tasks are 
and continue to evolve um, what their their current tasks are and provide them career guidance towards other areas of interest that will continue to pique their interest and maintain um, their uh, loyalty to organization and grow professionally. And that's also where automation comes in place. If we can introduce automation that takes care of some of the more mundane tasks, the individuals that are there uh, can be repurposed to uh, take on some higher order tasks that are typically more interesting and challenging. That's Ned Miller from McAfee. The EU's controversial copyright regulation, which has advanced closer to becoming law, it's not there yet, but it's closer, still attracts little love from the tech industry and Internet users. It would block a great deal of the sort of sharing that's now become routine, including the popular sharing of low-grade memes. The regulations will now become matters of negotiation with member states' national authorities, and that won't be a swift process. In the U.S., Congress remains unwilling to follow the administration in cutting ZTE some slack. Congress is also not interested in doing Huawei any favors, either. Google's cooperation with Huawei has drawn some attention on Capitol Hill. If you're unwilling on what you suggest are principled grounds to cooperating with the U.S. Department of Defense on IT research, exactly why do you see no problem with working hand-in-hand with Huawei on projects of mutual benefit? Huawei is, in the prevailing congressional view, a security risk, a reliable adjunct of the People's Liberation Army's cyber operators. How is that cooperation better than working with, say, the DOD's Silicon Valley technology scouts? Some members of Congress are clearly in a sauce-for-the-gander mood. Congress is also asking the U.S. Department of Education to look into 50 research partnerships between Huawei and various U.S. universities. Some members of Congress, again, consider those relations a security risk. And desiring to prevent a recurrence of security wrangling over ZTE, Kaspersky, and Huawei, a bill has been introduced into the Senate that would establish an interagency federal acquisition supply council that would be charged specifically with responsibility for developing cybersecurity supply chain criteria. According to stories in the Wall Street Journal and TechCrunch, Tesla Motors is suing a former employee for a million dollars, alleging he hacked them for trade secrets, which he subsequently gave competitors. Elon Musk did some email rumbling about the sabotage and hacking early this week, and the company filed a lawsuit yesterday in a Nevada court against Martin Tripp, who formerly worked at Tesla as a process technician. Tesla's suit alleges that Tripp, quote, admitted to writing software that hacked Tesla's manufacturing operating system and to transferring several gigabytes of Tesla data to outside entities, end quote. The company says that Tripp was upset at being reassigned within the company. Musk says Tripp was sore about his failure to be promoted, and that Tripp did what they allege he did in retaliation for what he felt was ill use. The Washington Post says that Tripp told them he didn't tamper with any internal systems. Instead, he said he was a whistleblower, alarmed and moved to speak by, quote, some really scary things, end quote, he saw at Tesla Motors. Among those things were, according to Tripp, a high rate of raw material waste and the installation of dangerous punctured batteries in some Tesla cars. The raw material waste story found its way into Business Insider earlier this month, and Tripp acknowledged he was the source. Tripp also denied having hacked anything, saying, quote, 
I don't have the patience for coding. Musk's company is taking the founder's fears of sabotage seriously. Physical security has been beefed up at Tesla's Gigafactory in Nevada. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use with zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. Yesterday, our partners at Accenture celebrated the opening of their newest cyber fusion center, this one in Alexandria, Virginia, just outside Washington, D.C. Virginia Governor Ralph Northam was there for the ribbon-cutting and to acknowledge Accenture's commitment to add a 1,000 new jobs to the region by 2020. The Cyber Fusion Center puts Accenture's threat intelligence, incident response, and adversary simulation under one roof. I stopped in for a tour of the new facility, which features impressive views of Washington, D.C., glass-enclosed meeting and collaboration rooms, large displays on the walls monitoring cyber threats from around the world, and clusters of workstations for developers, researchers, and threat hunters to do the things they do. At the grand opening, one of the demos highlighted the team's ability to infiltrate a client's industrial control systems and alter the settings on a critical safety system. So when the, when the attacker does this, he's changing the parameter in the safety system so that now that in and out cadence uh, that you were hearing has stopped. We now get the tank is uh, filling up with pressure just by changing that one parameter. For the demo, an overinflated balloon substituted for an exploding gas storage facility. But the security implications were clear. I sat down with Ryan LaSalle, managing director and North American lead at Accenture. I want to touch on the notion of proximity from two different directions. First of all, um, proximity to the nation's capital. You are, as you look out the the windows here, you have a fabulous view, but you're looking at Washington, D.C. You're, you're in the shadow of that city, um, and obviously, you know, we don't have to go into the importance of that, but why is it important to you from a business development point of view 
to be that close, to be that accessible? So first, I think the future innovation and the research agenda of cyber defense is happening here. I mean, this, this corridor from um, really, really from Dulles Airport up to Baltimore is the, is the cyber innovation corridor. This is the place where it happens. It was important from a talent perspective. This is the place where those entrepreneurs and the talent base live. From a business development standpoint, certainly this market is rich with kind of the federal government and their need for cyber defense services, but also a pretty healthy commercial community that, that is you know, also looking at ways to defend themselves, whether they're hospitality organizations or banks, financial services organizations. I mean, there is a bustling economy inside the D.C. Beltway beyond just the federal government. The other thing I, I want to touch on with proximity is the proximity that you've placed everyone within the space itself. It strikes me that that is a very deliberate part of what you've designed here. Was it First of all, was it always that way? Were the teams always able to communicate this way? And if not, what, is the, what are the benefits of having them here together? So first I'll say these teams have never been co-located before. They're, they're teams that came through uh, some through organic growth, some through um, acquisitions over the last couple of years. And we've been stitching together that cycle of no B, C, and expel as, as, we've, as we've been growing. So this is the first time the teams are all together in one place. And we work really closely with all the different teams to design a space that was accommodating to the kind of work they do. But we put the coffee and the snacks at the corners. And the teams have to go and bump into each other when they're uh, getting caffeinated. So if you want to fuel up, that's where the innovation happens. We also put the biggest TVs there. So the other day when... Tunisia was playing England in the World Cup, and there was a, uh, a cross team of lots of different groups working, sitting together around the table, watching the game, coding away, doing analysis, whatever they were doing. There were three different languages being spoken at that table. <laughs> and, and we could hear this collaboration happening in a way that uh, you can't force. You've got to create the space and then give them the room to innovate. This is a substantial investment. Uh, it makes for a great tour. What is the justification that Accenture has made to for that investment? What, what is the bet that you're placing that spending this kind of money is going to pay off for you and your customers? Well, I think there's three main things that we think are, are really important. First, um, when our clients come to a space like this, they can look out and see all of D.C., and so it's it's not like they're in an innocuous conference room somewhere. They can it can really sort of awe them in the experience. And the whole space is designed around a design thinking approach that gets people out of the comfort zone and thinking about their problems and how to solve them more creatively. So we we geared the space around that, and that, and that does kind of feel higher touch. The second one I think that's really important is security is a war for talent, and getting the best people means that you need to make sure that they have the tools and environment that they need to innovate, create, and contribute. And so we think that you know, just investing in our people in a space like this is important because it gives them a, a place to come every day that they're excited to, to show up and do their best. And then I think also as we, as we look around kind of how, how we're growing in this space, the neighborhood that we're in, again, is right in the hub of security innovation. And so being the proximity to all the things around us and the ecosystem around us is, is really, really important. End games up the road, DARPA's up the road, they're all right around us. And, that, and, that, and that's really critical to be kind of in the hub of the contact of, uh, of the ecosystem. That's Ryan LaSalle from Accenture. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security 
by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And that's the Cyberwire. For links to all of today's stories, check out our daily briefing at thecyberwire.com. And for professionals and cybersecurity leaders who want to stay abreast of this rapidly evolving field, sign up for Cyberwire Pro. It'll save you time and keep you informed. Listen for us on your Alexa smart speaker, too. The Cyberwire podcast is proudly produced in Maryland out of the startup studios of Data Tribe, where they're co-building the next generation of cybersecurity teams and technologies. Our amazing Cyberwire team is Elliot Peltzman, Peru Prakash, Stefan Vaziri, Kelsey Bond, Tim Nodar, Joe Kerrigan, Carol Terrio, Ben Yellen, Nick Vilecki, Gina Johnson, Bennett Moe, Chris Russell, John Petrick, Jennifer Iben, Rick Howard, Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here tomorrow. And now a word from our sponsor, SpyCloud, the leader in operationalizing cybercrime analytics. Traditional threat intelligence is a thing of the past. Cyber criminals are stealing vast amounts of credentials, session cookies, and financial data every day, and it's hard to keep up. SpyCloud is the trusted partner businesses turn to to fully understand their darknet exposure risk and neutralize threats before it's too late. SpyCloud alerts your organization as soon as an employee or customer's data appears on the dark net, so you can act faster than bad actors to prevent cyber attacks like ransomware, session hijacking, account takeover, and online fraud. With insights from the industry's largest repository of recaptured data, protect the digital identities and systems most important to your business. Get your free corporate darknet exposure report at spycloud.com slash cyberwire and see what information criminals have in their hands today. That's spycloud.com slash cyberwire.